Social Science in the City interviewing Evan Botswood, Student Union President and Curator of the new issue of Agora, a journal created by the UE Philosophy Society. Could you please tell us about Agora? Yeah, so Agora was a journal that started about 2015. Um, it's all compiled by students and it's all student journals. So um, the Philosophy Society um, is you know, the group of students who run it um, and it tends to be published every two years-ish, um, but it depends on the kind of um, interest and if the committee at the time have the time or other projects. But I've found on my time as committee over past three years, it's always on your, it's always on our mind to do <laughs> and then of course work and everything. But so I'm really happy that we've managed to get out um, volume five this year and um, during this kind of weird uh, pandemic year. Um, so yeah, it's a collection of um, student papers. So in the past, it's been undergraduate and postgraduate um, papers, kind of essays that they either write originally or they take from their existing um, stock of papers that they've written for assignments and everything. Um, and so in volume five, though, we've got undergraduate papers. So they're primar primarily from uh, third year undergraduate students, um, but also some from second and first year as well. So there's quite a nice range. Um, and in terms of like theme for Agora, um, it's very wide. <laughs> so in there, you'll find every possible kind of philosophy topic, really. Um, and as you can imagine, it's mostly um, you know, things that are linked to what we're learning um, in our course. So from stuff about uh, Kierkegaard, who's a, a 19th century philosopher, theologian, existentialist, to then, to then phenomenology, um, which is kind of philosophy of experience type thing. Um, and also a, a lot about nature and science. Um, so different philosophies of nature, also stuff about the ethics of genetics, um, and things like that. And then finally, some sort of political ones as well um, in there as well about intersectionality. So there's a great range. Um, and yeah, very proud, very happy with all the committee and all the students that we managed to get it out um, this year. Awesome. Well, that sounds really interesting. I can see that you've written a couple of pieces featured within the issue. Um, can we hear about your essay on the problem with the scientific worldview? Yeah, it's a spicy title. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, so this paper um, is about the kind of prevailing myth about, um, I suppose, like a, a scientism that is kind of science knows everything and you can solve everything with science and science just finds fact and it's completely objective and all of this type of stuff, um, which for the most part is kind of, is not true, or at least there's a lot more complexity <laughs> behind it. Um, I mean, if you speak to any actual academic scientists, then they will say, well, that's odd. There's a lot of discussion that goes on and there's a lot of uh, judging things. And um, yeah, so in that paper, I kind of lay out a little definition of what's called um, naturalism, which is a very general term and it's used very vaguely. Um, it's, yeah, it's the view that everything is within nature um, and also there's nothing supernatural, but also that we can uh, learn everything through the scientific method alone. 
Um, so everything is tightly within these um, natural laws. And then I just kind of lay down a number of critiques behind it. Um, to clarify, though, it's not to say science is bad, <laughs> and, you know, and that type of thing. It's actually more that treating science as if it's some sort of deity is bad for science, because then, as we've kind of seen over the pandemic, is when one statistic comes out about this thing, and then another one that's a bit different, and people go, oh, what's going on? You know, the science... But it's because there's a fundamental misunderstanding of kind of what science is and that it's not always this is the fact and it will be the fact forever. You know, with a brand new virus, there's going to be brand new studies and things to do. And we've kind of seen it with the vaccine as well. So I think that that's where the kind of the, the impact um, of this is. And it's not about science bad. It's about science is what it is. And there can be a lot of misunderstandings if we misunderstand um, what science does and is. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have any other questions where I can kind of just pick up on one of the critiques. I think we'll have time for one critique. <laughs> cool. Um, so, so the, oh, I suppose I'll keep it quite broad, but one of the main critiques of naturalism um, is that it kind of just ignores most of human existence and phenomena. <laughs> so if we say, you know, everything is waves and particles, then you can't even say that, you know, my, my phone is a phone. You know, if we, there's kind of a thing about naturalism is reducing everything down to just um, particles and waves. And so one of the, the big critiques is kind of the, how do we, if everything's just particles and waves, how do we even say stuff like this is real? So it becomes very, by, by being really strict on everything is has to be scientific method, you weirdly get into some more fantasy lands, fantasy land. Um, yeah, but to be more precise about it, oh no, the thought, the thought is gone. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of the, um, there's this thing about it kind of ignores everything else. It kind of ignores that mathematical statements are a phenomena and poetry is a phenomena and endgame Marvel movie is a thing. Um, and that actually you can't just take these things and go, well, at the end of the day, they're just waves and particles or they're atoms or they're, you know, these other concepts. Um, and actually they are their own distinct real things in themselves you can't just take them and tear them down you know you can't apply the scientific method well you can't apply really any of the natural scientific methods um, to a love letter and be able to understand it you know you'd be very confused <laughs> and it would be it would make for quite a funny paper um and someone i knew once did that to demonstrate inter uh, yeah interpreting text but um but yeah, the stuff like that, you know, I think that's, that kind of illustrates it was, you know, if you try to, if a physician, being a physician, try to understand a love letter, um, they would never be able to. Um, but of course, if they employed other methods that weren't strictly the natural scientific methods, they would be able to understand it, of course. Um, and of course, physicians can love. <laughs> They're not just physicians. Um, yes, so that is that is one critique. I've kind of brought in a whole load of stuff there not to like get too nitty gritty and confusing but yeah 
So before we wrap things up, um, can you tell us how students can get involved? So students can get involved um, in a number of ways. So primarily we would recommend joining the UE Philosophy Society Facebook group. If you just type in UE Philosophy Society on Facebook, there's a group. Most of the students are in there. Um, the next edition is going to be run by a new committee um, on the Philosophy Society. So if you head to the Student Union Philosophy Society page, just type in UE Student Union Philosophy on Google um, or search via the website and the philosophy um, page will come up. And it's currently not updated, but hopefully within the next few weeks it will be. So there'll be other contact details there if Facebook isn't your thing. Thank you.